BFR, bostonfreeradio.com. Tuning in, this is the Guaucast. We have the mayor of Geronimo, Oklahoma, Catherine Rice. Catherine, are you in? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you just fine. I just get right into it. You're very busy because you're a mayor of Geronimo, Oklahoma. So I just want to get into who are you and why should we care? I know why I care, but I would love for my listeners to get to know you a little bit more. I don't know. Where should I start? Um, I guess so before becoming mayor, I'll back up, I guess, two or three years. Uh, I'm a spoken word poet and a performance artist, and I created this, this, uh, this art company called Poetic Change. And the purpose of Poetic Change was to, was to educate people using uh, poetry and performance and to build bridges using education and social innovation. And so uh, our headquarters was actually up up in Boston, uh, before I moved down here, which was maybe like, I don't know, maybe a year or two ago, um, that was what I was doing. I was living in Boston. I was uh, trying to build poetic change. I was also uh, going to school, and then I also worked, uh, I guess, worked a sales job. I guess the way that I ended up coming to Oklahoma, uh, so, uh, so in college, ended up meeting my current husband, and uh, he uh, decided to join the military, and he's now deployed. But before he deployed, his unit is stationed here in Oklahoma. So we got married March of 2017, um, and that was when I left what I was doing in Boston to move down here to support him um, in Oklahoma. And Oklahoma has been amazing because it's a place that needs talent. All of my ideas, people here embrace. And, I mean, it's just an amazing place to be. Um, so much so to where they have uh, put me as their mayor, which is an incredible honor and something that I never thought would happen. So tell us more about the campaign for that race, because I imagine that that must have been quite a long shot. And also just the idea of wanting to run for the mayorship. I would love to delve deeper into that. So the truth of how I ended up be, uh, running or deciding to run, it's, it's not as complicated as... Uh, as other people's stories, but for the most part. Uh, so when I moved down to Oklahoma, I started a technology company because there's, like, no technology companies here. I was servicing one of my clients, and one of my clients happened to be a very prominent person in the community. He's a retired one-star general. Uh, we were just making small talk. Uh, it was weird for me to see that uh, they were actually advertising for, uh, I guess, for positions here in their local government. Um, like, for whatever reason, many people, uh, do not like running for their government, even though some of the, uh, qualifications and some of the things that you have to do down here are very lenient. And so, uh, he, he started asking me, you know, um, if I were to run, what were some things I would 
change or do. And I told him that uh, as being a new person here in Oklahoma, uh, it was a bit difficult to figure out, I guess, how to fit in. It was a, a bit difficult to feel welcomed outside of me talking to people face-to-face. Like, I couldn't just Google some of the local businesses and also just many of the retail locations. Things that I had taken for granted uh, just did not exist here. And a lot of the, the things that I would try to do would be, one, to use technology, improve the small town's ability to communicate in the market, and then to also help some of the small businesses um, kind of pivot so that way um, they can still serve everybody. Because some of the biggest competitors to small business um, are, you know, giant tech companies such as like Amazon, you know, that are able to run these massive e-commerce sites that make everything very convenient, which makes it hard for people down here who haven't really taken the time to learn technology to compete. And so those were my main Point, and he thought that those were really great ideas. He called some of the business owners in the local community, and they requested a meeting with me. And I met with them. They asked me similar questions, and they liked what I said. Uh, then they gave my number to the previous mayor. And before I got home, the previous mayor gave me a phone call, and we had our own meeting. He liked some of my ideas. He also mentored me a bit. After that, everybody was like, so, you know, we expect you to go down and register and have your name on, on the ballot by tomorrow. So that's pretty much what happened. I did what they asked me to do. I guess I was already supported by some of the business owners, you know, by the previous mayor. That was, I guess, my key into running a viable campaign. So, so the campaign that I ran, it was all people-focused, uh, which it has to be, because this is Oklahoma, where it's very hard to get data. It's very hard to, like I said, use technology. And the way that I ended up winning was that I literally on doors, like every, like every body store, I believe I visited personally. And people from my church helped me, some of the other business owners helped me knock doors. And that's mainly, I mean, what we did. We held town halls, local news multiple times. I also made little commercials with just uh, rudimentary technology that they thought were, were pretty cool. And I would do some digital marketing as well. But for the most part, um, like the reason why, I guess, what gave me the edge over the two people who I was competing against was that I literally, there were times at midnight, um, I would go and visit people at their home because people here work a lot. And like we would just sit and talk to like one, two in the morning. And not too many other candidates or people are, you know, willing to go to a stranger's house and sit with their family at, you know, uh, you know, until 1 to 2 a.m. I'm just talking about other issues they've had and different concerns in the community. Uh, but those are things that I had to do, mostly because uh, I'm considered a person who's not from here. Here, like, your word, who you are, like, who your family is means everything. I had to work really, really hard to earn people's trust and then to also continue that uh, ability to communicate on that level. And also some background on the two people who I competed against. Uh, one was the current president of the city council. He was a resident of Geronimo for 28 years. Um, and then the other person, he had been a resident of Geronimo for about 16 years. He 
was a local business owner as well. You know, like I said, um, the reason why um, I believe that I won was simply because I took the time out to make time for people. You know, like I said, like I would be out from eight in the morning to literally sometimes one in the morning, just talking to people and visiting people at their homes whenever they were available. Sounds yeah. fun. I think that's an amazing story. In, in improving the communications for Geronimo, Oklahoma, what have been the most immediate barriers to entry? And what does that look like to you? Uh, are you are you trying to expand SMS to people? Are you trying to improve email? I would love to know what sort of correspondence, some sort of communication that you want to improve in order to make the residents more responsive and by virtue the government more responsive as well. Right. So, uh, you know, so one huge thing is, you know, whenever you improve communication, like what, you know, like what we're really talking about is transparency. It's, you know, making the government more uh, accountable and more available to the people that they serve. And uh, ways that I have chosen to do that was in the first three months, I got a website for the town approved, um, which is GeronimoOK.com. They do not have a website at all. Uh, we still need to update it by posting some of the videos of the city council meetings. But that's also something else that I've done, is, is that I've tried my best to make sure that every single city council meeting, that it is courted. Sometimes if the internet works with us, we can live stream it, but we are still in Oklahoma. We tried to record every city council meeting, post it in places where people could see it. And then later, end of, uh, I guess, by the end of my term, um, I do hope to implement some type of text messaging system um, just so people can be updated quickly without us using, like, the whole, like, mailing system, which is what we use now. We tend to mail out a quarterly newsletter that just gives updates. But, of course, I would like to have that be a bit quicker. The main barrier, though, has to do with cost. Technology is great, but it is cheaper in the long run, but it does tend to have, especially for a community that does not have that type of um, infrastructure, it does tend to have some steep upfront costs. That is our main barrier right now. And to give you a further background on just the struggle with small town um, Oklahoma, so the way our tax structure is set up and, you know, governments, they get all the revenue from tax. Is that property tax, that goes to our state. It does not go to the local city. So pretty much the, 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 the only tax revenue that, that a local city gets is, is, uh, is sales tax and gas tax. Um, everything else, property tax, uh, whatever other tax you may, you know, normally pay, those all go to the state. Most times, it's a bit difficult for small towns to actually see that investment back. One thing that Oklahoma has plenty of is land. You know, one thing that it doesn't have uh, is business. And that's the struggle with um, improving the local infrastructure. It's just having the capital to do so because the way our laws are set up is that we are supposed to get most of our funding from business, but most of our business, our farm and land and all that stuff goes to the state, doesn't really go to the local community. And how so. do you see yourself enticing um, and trying to lower um, emergent business models, uh, startups? How do you see yourself bringing them along? To, to your area and, and, and are there any, is there anything from the state of Oklahoma that can assist mayors in doing so besides maybe tax giveaways? 
Right. One way that, I mean, you know, we have to get creative. And so one way has been with the public-private partnership where, you know, you get private donors who have chosen to invest and therefore build buildings, but it's all privately owned. Um, that's one way that we are looking at, but again, you then risk selling out your community. And then other ways we are attempting to try, you know, I'm a startup owner. And many people out here in Oklahoma, because the cost of living is so low, many people have these work-from-home jobs or they have a hope-based business. And so what we are working to do is to create a place for all these home-based businesses to kind of work together, right? To take them out of the home, put them in like either some type of building or some type of mentorship program that people focus, that we bring in other entrepreneurs that are willing to speak and mentor some of our entrepreneurs and um, kind of give them the skills to help them compete on a global market. Many people out here, like they do amazing stuff. Like, I mean, like, Leatherworking, like woodworking, just have amazing talent. But many times they don't get as much as they could because of uh, the lack of skills when it comes to technology or just being closed off from the global market. Um, one thing we're trying to do is to kind of open and expose some of our local entrepreneurs, some of our stay-at-home, you know, work-from-home families to this global market, give them the education and the skills uh, to be competitive and then hopefully one day inspire them to be their own investors in their community. So it is tricky and it is kind of a long-term thing um, just because we have to get creative with, I guess, how we, you know, create a sustainable business ecosystem that also um, incorporates the community and doesn't, you know, develop despite the community. Like, I would develop with the community. And so when you do things with people, you have to always go slower, which is fine because that means that it's going to last longer. But those, I guess, are the two ways that we're looking is private donors and then also just educational and skills-based grants and then also state-based grants to just the space to kind of hold some of these programs. Have you collaborated with your state representatives, uh, the state government in any particular way? I, I imagine you, as a mayor, naturally you've gone to the Hill to lobby for some things that have done in conjunction with other mayors in Oklahoma. But have you personally ever felt the need to attend the state house to build relationships, to seek further state funding to assist areas such as yours in order to spur innovation and entrepreneurship in parts of Oklahoma? Yes, Senator Langford's office, they have been super supportive of all of my ideas when it comes to economic development. Uh, because it's such a Republican state, I ran as an independent. So I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm an independent. I did not sign up for any part. Just because this is such a libertarian and such a Republican state, and when it comes to business development, many of the views prefer that it's handled privately. And so most of the time when I'm thinking of these ideas or I'm prototyping different models, I tend to work with uh, some of our colleges. So up at the University of Oklahoma, they have this really great innovation lab. They have this whole section of business students and like um, entrepreneurship students. Some of the projects that I guess that they are doing is that they have grants that are meant to help small towns develop economically. Many times, like, these students will help 
us work on it. And so those are kind of, I guess, some of the different ways that I have to approach things differently than if I were in a more uh, liberal state, just because when it comes to economic development, it's more hands-off. And so, but when I say hands-off, meaning that um, the state has granted money to different programs and you have to learn to work with the different economic development corporations and work with the chambers as well as working with the local university less than directly with a politician who will you know directly send you funds that typically doesn't happen but they won't directly fund your town and i completely agree with everything you said is the fact that you, to get things done effectively in the long term or even just to begin to get these things done you need a wider co you need a wider coalition. I love everything you said there. You need to work with the chamber. You need to work with the local university. You have to work with the other side. You have to work with a completely opposite ideology, but you still got to pay the bills together for the betterment of all people, especially giving your service as the mayor of Toronto. Was there a question in there? Did I miss something? Or no, I just wanted to comment. compliment you. I just wanted to compliment you on your. Um, on the fact that you are a practitioner. I appreciate the fact that you know that you have to build coalitions to get things done and I just wanted to compliment you in that regard. If I had to end it with a question, what I'd like to know is what is it like being a startup entrepreneur now in a public service role? And are there any translatable skills that you feel equipped you and prepared you for this? Yeah, so running a startup has definitely helped me in this role because as I've mentioned earlier, when it comes to being mayor of a small town that kind of doesn't get as much support as I think it should from state or the federal government because it's so small, it kind of is like running a startup. Like many of the startup business, you have a small group of people doing multiple roles. That's what we have down in the city of Geronimo. Our city clerk, she also does the bookkeeping. Um, you know, our our uh, our assistant city clerk also does the code enforcing. Our head of the trash truck also helps when it comes to uh, putting in new sewer lines. Whereas, you know, in a larger city, all these would be different departments. Here in small town Oklahoma, you have to learn how to learn <laughs> um, because there's so much that needs to get done. You don't have all of the luxury of being fully funded, you know, also having all the human capital that you need to get some of your objectives done. So you have to continue to be creative, which is the same thing you have to be when you are running a startup. You have to try new things that have never been done before. Same thing, you know, in a startup. Um, and then, you know, on the emotional side, you have to focus on people. So at least when it comes to me running like my technology company, because it's such a new idea, I have to focus on uh, getting people to trust me, you know, getting to know people. The same thing with being, with being a mayor here is that, you know, like in order for me to continue to convince people that maybe some of our policy needs to change to be a bit more fair, I have to continue to earn people's trust and I have to continue to educate and continue to make, you know, uh, you know, to continue to make some type of case. And I have to continue to find ways to get the data that I need that doesn't necessarily exist because people haven't really taken it. So that way I can make a more compelling argument. You know, all it is is problem solving, which um, I feel is the same thing, you know, that startup founders do. They solve really big problems, sometimes problems that they aren't equipped to solve, 
but that's what they attempt to do. And being, you know, mayor of this small town, that's what I'm here to do. That's why people have voted for me is because um, out of all the other candidates, I, I have earned their trust um, to solve their problems and to do so with great care in a way that they want me to solve it, which is also important, too, because you can't just, you know, go into a community and not do your research solve a problem but not do it the way that they want you to because if your goal is to serve people then those people are still your boss just like in a startup if your goal is to make awesome products and make money your customers those should be your boss I completely so there's agree. a lot of parallels very helpful well uh that's all the time we have mayor Catherine rice thank you so much for giving us a bit of your time to talk to us today i can't wait to edit this and distribute it to my listeners and i greatly want to thank you for just taking your time to talk to us. We greatly appreciate you and we can, and I wish we can have you on again. In the meantime, we wish you uh, the best and we hope for the best in Geronimo, Oklahoma. And thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. This episode was recorded at Boston Free Radio at the Somerville Media Center at Union Square. If you'd like to hear the hip-hop music that we're playing on our program, tune in on Boston Free Radio Saturdays from 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. You can listen to the music live on Boston Free Radio. If you are unable to do so, don't fret. We have our Spotify playlist shown early on our Patreon. Patreon.com slash GS Hamlin for your Guaucast needs. Come on in and check out our Patreon.